0: Welcome to EFM, for entrepreneurs, by entrepreneurs. I am Dr Siva from Proficio, and you are listening to Proficio's Startup to Scale ups Entrepreneur Series, where entrepreneurs will share their growth stories and how they are scaling up the companies from startup to success. We have with us today Clarence Leong, the founder and CEO of EasyParcel, a platform for courier services. Morning, Clarence. Hi, morning, Doc. Good to always see you, and always be happy to be back. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, And on this show, we'll be talking uh, to Clarence about how companies get from startup to scale up, and Clarence will share his journey on scaling EasyParcel, which is now available in four countries. Uh, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, and Thailand. Am I right, Clarence? Yes. Four countries. Okay. Clarence, um, maybe you can share a little bit with us about your background and why you started Easy
1: no? Oh, okay. Thanks. Good, good to start with that. i uh, like to share how, with a lot of hair now become no hair, the <laughs> journey is always very important. Um, I'm, my background is, is an aerospace engineer. Uh, I started with uh, eight years of uh, studied and working experience as an aerospace engineer back in UK. Then uh, EasyParsal is actually my third startup. So, pretty much failed twice, and this is the third one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and um, why we actually started looking into the logistic uh, ecosystem is um, one of the key reasons because our first startup is something very similar to Groupon, mm-hmm. it's called EasyVoucher. So from that journey, we understand that how important uh, the last mile actually played mm-hmm. um, throughout the whole e-commerce ecosystem because no matter where you buy and sell, you still need to get your item delivered. Mm-hmm. And that actually is a crucial, like comparing the uh, to the olden days, mm-hmm. uh, customers still happy to receive the item after a week that the order is being placed. Right. But what now? Are you happy with not receiving your parcel after you buy something today and you're expecting it tomorrow. So the expectation is definitely different from uh, when the whole ecosystem started. When did you start uh, EasyPuzzle? How long Um, ago was that? Back in uh, the July July 2014. So it's about almost four years now? Almost four years old now, yes. Wow. And
0: have expectations of people changed for delivery uh, four years ago and
1: today? Uh, definitely, yes, uh, including all our career partners. like mm-hmm. uh, We we can see volume has been spiking all the time mm-hmm. because nowadays uh, people buys everything online. Mm-hmm. So from a s- small screw to a big um, a washing machine. So things have been available at just a few clicks. Mm-hmm. So that has been creating the volume spike and then you can see act- actually more and more new career partners actually coming on board mm-hmm. including uh, serving the region. So mm-hmm. that actually indirectly tells that Um, the capacity is there the Mm -hmm. requirement is actually there Mm -hmm. so that's why uh, we are there as well okay
0: Um, would you say that like today in today's market uh, especially with e-commerce people will expect delivery in what less than 24 hours or maybe even 12 hours Uh, is there an expectation for something like that
1: uh, if the option is available then of course customer will expect more even like than delivery within one hour right so yeah right so, tell us a little
0: bit about the business of Easy Parcel itself. What exactly do you do?
1: Okay, I believe everyone uh, used like Agoda, uh, Booking.com before. So, Easy Parcel works something similar. Instead of allowing you to book hotel rooms, Easy Parcel actually allows you to book courier services. Mm-hmm. Like PostLaju, Nationwide, Skynet, even the international courier companies for your international deliveries. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you can just go online, uh, go to Easy Parcel, and if you want to courier anything, you can just... Whichever courier company you want. Exactly. So, do you offer like special prices and all? Is it like a hotel where you can pick the lowest price or something like that? How does that work?
1: Yep, you can actually choose uh, based on your pre- preference on pricing, on service level, on the specific brands, mm-hmm. on even a uh, coverage area, mm-hmm. uh, service types, same day, next day, or even on demand. Wow. So, you have plenty of choices then? Yep. And, and is this
0: primarily uh, e-commerce companies that are using your, your business or is it individuals that are using your business or traditional companies?
1: Uh, majority of our customers split are more on all the smaller scale SMEs or individuals, uh, e-commerce sellers. Oh, I see, People okay. who sell on Facebook, Instagram, all the smaller ones mm-hmm. where they don't get the best rate because of the volume that they can't commit. Mm-hmm. So we are serving all the small ones and currently we have close to about 330,000 customers.
0: 330,000 e-commerce customers. Yes. Wow, that's huge. And this is in all four countries. Yes. And, and what kind of value are you seeing I mean, on a monthly basis? How much is being shipped? How many parcels are being done? Can currently, you track all of
1: that? Currently, we are doing about 35,000 parcels a day, averagely.
0: A day? A day. Wow. That's a lot of parcels. Yeah. And, and how much value is that? In, In terms of uh, terms? Yeah, gross merchandise value, for example,
1: mm, a parcel probably worth um, six ringgit ninety or even five fifty per parcel, just average. Mm-hmm. So you can basically do the math, and you get the number.
0: So is what more than uh, hundred thousand a day? Yeah. And so over your last twelve months, I mean, it, it, can you can you
1: tell us what your gross merchandise value has been, or is that still uh, PNC? Uh, we don't mind to share, actually, um, because you can do the maths, actually, by basing, right. that, basing the day-in, day-out volume. Um, we have done more than 120% growth, year-on-year uh, year growth mm-hmm. on revenue. Wow, that's great.
0: And, and you are doing this in all the four markets? Which are your, which are your biggest markets?
1: Uh, Malaysia is definitely still our core market mm-hmm. because this is where we are from. We understand the local, the best, mm-hmm. and then we have team, local teams in the rest of the country, uh, fine-tuning the operation flow to get it more localized. Mm-hmm. In terms of the e-commerce market itself,
0: would Indonesia actually be the biggest market or Thailand?
1: Uh, I can say Indonesia is the biggest, mm-hmm. but it's also one of the key challenges a uh, country or market to be actually go in because everyone is eyeing on the big market, right? Correct. Yep. Everybody
0: wants to go into Indonesia, right? Exactly. But it's really growing very quickly, right? E-commerce sales in Indonesia. Yes. So as e-commerce grows, uh, demand for your services will grow as well. Yeah. Correct? Um, how big is Indonesia in terms of demand for courier
1: services? Uh, it's pretty big. That's uh, But a lot of uh, operation flow is still pretty offline. Mm-hmm. So our part is more on the education. How can we help them to be... Uh, more systematic uh, how can it improve the service level or even the process flow in getting the booking done mm-hmm. and and are people actually savvy enough to use the services uh, the e-commerce players uh, for e- indonesia yes but they are more on mobile first comparing to like a malaysian market where it's still more on web desktop oh okay and what about places like singapore and thailand Singapore is pretty much similar to like what we have Malaysia mm-hmm. in Malaysia because mm-hmm. the behavior is pretty much similar. Mm-hmm. Not really much education that you need to do mm-hmm. because uh, people who use the system, they understand what we are selling. Mm. And uh, for Thailand-wise, it's a bit challenging as in the language mm-hmm. because uh, you need to really have a local people to actually speak locally right. to actually translate uh, what we are actually doing. Right. Okay,
0: Um, you are now in four countries and you know most Malaysian companies for example would want to expand to these four countries primarily in Southeast Asia. So you know for most companies today Southeast Asia is the biggest market they all want to expand to and they will all be looking at Singapore, Indonesia, Thailand. You have actually already done this but many companies find it difficult to expand to these markets. Can you tell us a little bit about the challenges of expanding to each of these markets. Maybe we start with Singapore because they are our closest neighbor. Mm-hmm. Then we can talk about Indonesia and Thailand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, are they all the same? Are they different in terms of the challenges and setting up there?
1: Um, definitely very different. Like, um, I always said, uh, easy parcel is always not easy for us in, uh, as people who are actually building it, mm-hmm. but we always wanted to be the easy part for the consumer. Mm-hmm. So same goes for when we actually venture into countries. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the key challenges that we actually can share is when we do the scaling part of regional expansion, we actually do it all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if you have a choice, please pick the one that actually is closest to you, where Mm -hmm. you understand the most rather than uh, by having invitation uh, from someone from Mm -hmm. somewhere. Hey, please come and Mm -hmm. uh, launch your service here and then just go straight in. Right. So, so be
0: more strategic in,
1: in selection. Yes, or even go there, live for a month or two to understand the real scenario. Is We've, that what you did? Uh, we don't. That, oh. That's the reason that we still fine-tuning. I see. Okay. Okay. So where did you start first? Uh, we started actually Singapore is the first one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Indonesia and Thailand is the second one together.
0: Okay. Why did you do all this together? Why did not you go one by one?
1: Uh, one of the key reasons as I shared just now is more coming from the invitation from local partners I see Please come and start now and then we want you to be here Right, right. So, so you actually
0: did it because you had invitations? Yes So are, are you doing this in partnership uh, in this country or on your own? It's all on our own I see, so it's actually 100% owned by EasyPastle Yes Each of these operations Yes uh, Can you tell us a little bit about the challenges that you face in each of these countries and I'm trying to get a feel for if let's say any other Malaysian company wants to expand to this country mm-hmm. What kind of challenges can they expect to face and how would you overcome these challenges? Maybe we start
1: with say Singapore Okay, um, for Singapore wise it's pretty much straightforward Because you can actually register a company and get it rolled out in a few weeks time mm-hmm. But uh, as for Thailand and Indonesia it's pretty much, uh, it's not that straightforward mm-hmm. Like example for Indonesia, you need to have, uh, you need to get your company registered and mm-hmm. then that takes a long time. How so much how much time? It actually takes us close to a year for each of year. the country to get the details done. Like example, they don't share with you uh, this is step one, two, three, four, five. And then after five, wow. then you're done. Mm-hmm. So they will tell you wow. one, two, five, and then come back with ten, and then <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yes. It took you a year to set up the operations there. The yes. company itself. Yes. Wow. Because uh, of the law, because e-commerce is still pretty new, yeah. although they are big, but it's still pretty new in the sense of that uh, environment. Mm-hmm. So things keep changing when they have new, new people coming in. Right. So it's still a very uncertainties as in uh, the process flow. Right. But you're not technically an e-commerce
0: company, you're mm-hmm. just a service provider for the e-commerce company. Yeah. And still it takes you that long to set up a company. Yes. Is this because you're doing this on your own, it's 100% own? would it be faster with a partner?
1: Uh, it's all depends as well. Like, uh, example, it can be say so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So why did you choose to go on your own then? Why didn't you go with a partner? Because it's not easy to get the right partner. Uh, It's something similar like marriage. It's a very long term thing, right? You need to find the right one, Mm -hmm. but business will not wait until you find the right one to get married.
0: Yeah. Um, so because of that, you just decided basically it's speed, right? You just want to set up that quickly. You couldn't find a partner, so you decided to set up on your own. Yeah but it still took you a year to set up the company. Yeah. So what did you do within these 12 months while you were trying to set up the company? Did you do anything at all in those countries?
1: Uh, Yes, because uh, while waiting for the official thing to be set up, we already start talking to the local partners. Okay. Because that is not something as in a platform to switch on and off, then we are on tomorrow, that we can start rolling. Right. Because a lot of what we do is still involve a lot of offline work, like partnerships, system integration, Mm -hmm. process flow. I see. So basically onboarding.
0: you talk to all the logistics companies in, in, in the local markets. Yes.
1: How long did it take
0: you to set up all of the, the partners that you have uh, on your platform? Mm,
1: it depends on their tech, basically, like uh, how tech-savvy they are. And mm-hmm. then uh, we have a few methods to onboarding them. If mm-hmm. they don't have that tech, uh, tech, then we'll use method A. So if they have their tech ready, then it will be faster to actually get them on board. Mm-hmm. And, and
0: are they a mix? Do you find everybody is savvy enough or most of them are not savvy?
1: Uh, apparently, career service in Indonesia is far more advanced than what we have in Malaysia. Seriously?
0: <laughs> yes. Maybe because they're so dispersed, right? They've got so many islands and people are all over the place.
1: Yeah. yeah? And what about Thailand? Thailand is more on the language barrier. Mm-hmm. Like uh, how well we understand the local. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more on like the recruitment of our own team. Mm-hmm. instead of uh, Because for Thailand market, it's pretty much different as in how we set up. Because uh, we can't really send our key... Um, HOD to actually base in Thailand right. because we don't speak the local languages. Right. So we need to hire the local expertise and then to run the show. Right. So that will have a longer learning curve.
0: So in Indonesia and Singapore, you had your own people, Malaysians, mm-hmm. to, to run the place, mm-hmm. is it? And then in Thailand,
1: you had to hire somebody. Um, for Singapore and Indonesia, we don't really have a full time people who based there, as mm-hmm. in for us a Malaysian. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were concurrently traveling. I see. So you do a lot of traveling then, huh? Uh, not just myself, but uh, all my HOD actually they do. I
0: see. Um, so it took you a year to set up this company in, in Indonesia. Did you do this? Did you get lawyers to help you with doing this? Or how did you do this?
1: Uh, we do. We do get uh, lo- local lawyers. But uh, we also, at the meantime, we change a few. <laughs> oh, you change so, lawyers as well? Yes. Why? Because, uh, like example, the service level that we are expecting is different mm-hmm. comparing to what we have like in Malaysia so, things has, still have to move, move on. Mm-hmm. So, we have to change. So, but, not just registration of the company, including right. like uh, the legacy part, the legal part, mm-hmm. and then uh, getting lawyers. Mm-hmm. It's still ding dong, ding dong. And then that actually takes oh. up a long time.
0: But now that you have been through the process, you could probably help other companies understand the whole process.
1: Yeah. Right? And can they shorten it now? Uh, yes, with the right uh, people who actually understand the business because mm-hmm. uh, still are not, not much people as in uh, um, lawyers, as in they understand the ecosystem of e-commerce. Mm. So they will treat your business as in um, the local traditional businesses. Mm-hmm. They will treat you as a logistic company. They will treat you as something else. Right. So that makes the process even more difficult. Right,
0: right. But would you say that you have better lawyers now who can do things better?
1: Uh, I can say it depends on country. <laughs> Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Because what about not Indonesia and Thailand? Not every lawyer is familiar with every country that we are in. Right. So it has to be very dedicated as in this particular company company will be looking after these particular countries.
0: Right. So in terms of uh, your structure, your corporate structure, it's hundred percent owned by EasyParcel in Malaysia. Yes. Is that uh both for Indonesia and Thailand? Yeah. are there regulations that require you to have local partners?
1: Uh for Indonesia, yes. Because uh, one of our angels actually is uh, an Indonesian
0: Oh, I see Okay, so he is your local partner Yes So there's a requirement for that Yes Uh, And in Thailand? Thailand, uh, we are 100% owned You can own 100%
1: You can own 100%
0: So regulation-wise are also big problems, right? In this market
1: Yes Singapore?
0: Singapore, not really that much Singapore is very much that Malaysia quite an open market, isn't
1: it? Yes. So if to choose, uh, Singapore probably is the best step to go mm-hmm. because uh, it's more transparent and everything is very straightforward. Mm-hmm. So you don't really need to worry much as in uh, the legal part. And then uh, op- you, you probably need to just focus how to scale that business. Right.
0: So, you know, in Singapore, is we step. they will tell you step one, two, three, four, five, it's done, it's done. Yeah. Indonesia, you go step one, five, seven, and then come back to step three or something like and
1: that. There's, there's another step zero in the front. <laughs> there's
0: a step zero in front. Okay. So, in terms of uh, regulations and laws, it's quite challenging in these two countries, Indonesia and Thailand?
1: Um, so far, we feel the process of getting it done is challenging, but mm-hmm. I think the regulation is pretty okay. Okay. So, that was in setting
0: up your business. Now, how do you actually scale the business in terms of growing it? You know, how do you acquire customers in places like Indonesia and Thailand?
1: Mm, We have to be very local example, like uh, we understand that um, Indonesia, both Indonesia and Thailand, they are more mobile friendly, uh, mobile first uh, Mm -hmm. nation. Mm -hmm. More so than Malaysia? Yes, definitely. So how did you go about doing this? It's it's more on like uh, example, when we run our digital ads, we have to target mobile instead of target people who is actually on browser, on on desktop. So all these are the things that we fine tuning. We cannot just replicate what we do in Malaysia and then mm-hmm. just dump it there and expect it to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Is it the same in
1: Indonesia and Thailand, or are they all are they similar? All the similar. Just so can you apply the same?
0: Can you apply the same strategies in both these markets?
1: Uh, can say yes, but uh, different segments. Like example, um, Indonesia is more on like currently Instagram, mm-hmm. and then for Thailand is more online. Mm-hmm. So. They are the areas where they are more familiar in using all these tools. I see. So if you are
0: an e-commerce player or you want to uh, service the e-commerce industry, Instagram is bigger than Facebook in in Indonesia.
1: That's what we see. I see.
0: And in Thailand, it's line. Line, yeah. Not even Instagram or Facebook.
1: Maybe line, then uh, Instagram, then Facebook.
0: Facebook is number three in Thailand.
1: I guess it depends on the the audience uh, age, mm-hmm. because nowadays, most of the youngsters, they don't use Facebook. <laughs> right. Because right. all the parents is on there. So. The, pa- <laughs> <laughs> so, so the parents are not yet online in Instagram.
0: <laughs> so in terms of uh, the way you do your marketing and all that, is this something you have to learn as you went along or did you have consultants who advise you? How
1: did you do this? it's it's more on like we're learning on along the way Mm -hmm. and then we hit something then we we make amendment Mm -hmm. because there is no specific as you know this is the right uh, formula to do from Mm -hmm. step one to step Mm ten and then you will get result as what you want right how did you do this and how do you find the talent to do all of this in each of
0: these markets
1: um we recruit like yeah. example for Thailand, we recruit local teams and mm-hmm. then Indonesia as well. And then mm-hmm. we have our HOD from HQ. will be flying there to keep every both parties actually updated mm-hmm. on the scenario and how can we help with the know-how that we had from the HQ. Mm-hmm. Because we have been in the market for like close to four years now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things we can actually replicate. Example, the experience that we have, what type of customers that you'll be facing, how mm-hmm. can you solve this problem, mm-hmm. and what are your uh, expecting to happen when you have no volume, when you have volume, there will be different problems. Right. Um, and
0: in terms of the talent, can you find good talent in each of these countries?
1: Um, definitely yes, but it's not that easy to look them out. Uh, one of the key reasons as in, if you're looking at Malaysia, we have been long enough around, Mm -hmm. so we know where to find this talent. Most of them, we groom them from uh, interns to become full-time, I see. Right. And then we groom them from a very early stage. Right. But when you go into a new market, you can't really do that because right. uh, you need someone who actually understand the market rather than, uh, you telling them what to do, right. it's more on day telling, they sharing us, uh, what's happening on the ground and what is the nature of the local market and then how can we tweak what we have and then to match right. what the local market needs. So how do you find this talent? Uh, it's more on a local hiring platform. Mm-hmm. and an introduction from friends mm-hmm. uh, in the ecosystem, mm-hmm. the startup ecosystem, because we are pretty active as well on the offline. Right, right.
0: And and you being an easy, uh, 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 I mean, you're EasyPastel, you're a new company, just going into the market. Can you actually find talent that want to work with companies like like easy EasyPastel, startup companies?
1: It's always have to start small uh, because the same, uh, same issue or same problem, challenges. It's actually happened when we first started in uh, Malaysia mm. because no one actually understand what we do and mm-hmm. why we are doing this. Mm-hmm. So we actually have to pitch to mm-hmm. actually recruit talent. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> and you have to do that in Indonesia and
1: Thailand as well. Ah, uh, yes. Okay.
0: Uh, in terms of costs, talent cost is it very expensive to get good talent in these countries.
1: Um, I can say it's pretty much similar the cost if you are basing them as in the service lab. Uh, their skill set mm-hmm. is pretty much on par as in the Malaysian market. Mm-hmm. It's no longer as in oh, I wanted to move everything to Indonesia because the the is cheap or something cheap, like cheaper that. cheaper or no? It doesn't. It's no longer matter. cheap. It's more on like the pool of talent is much more greater comparing to like what we have mm-hmm. because uh, like example for talent for developers. Mm. Um, A lot of uh, Indonesian developers, they started doing outsourcing since many years ago. And a lot of these outsourcing companies are coming from US, from the rest of the country. So they already have the know-how. Right, right. And in terms of your marketing talent, for
0: example, or your sales talent, can you find good talent
1: as well? Uh, It's more on um, sales and marketing. Normally, we get people from the same different region looking after different things mm-hmm. like example we don't really hire a lot of sales personnel in mm-hmm. uh, in our business model mm-hmm. like example now for easy Passer itself we have less than less than 10 or i can say we only have six sales mm-hmm. who is generating that revenue amount so we don't really need a big workforce of right. uh, salesperson, but you need marketing
0: people to try and get more e-commerce players and so on. Yes. so We have a bigger marketing team. Yes, we have a bigger marketing team. And, and in terms of your, your spend on a, on a monthly basis, what percentage of your spend goes into marketing? What goes into talent?
1: Mm, for the time being, we still spend, um, quite a lot as in the new markets as we are in on, mm-hmm. uh, um, recruiting more users. Mm-hmm. So percentage wise, probably about ten to twenty percent. Mm-hmm. I see. In terms of marketing, to to that's all you spend mm-hmm. to recruit. Mm-hmm.
0: That's not too bad actually. Yeah. You know.
1: Because majority of our business model is online, mm-hmm. so a lot of money is actually spent recruiting uh, on online. Online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it works. Yeah. You can do that. Yes. Uh, I suppose Indonesia and
0: Thailand people are pretty savvy right online savvy and these are all e-commerce players so you have to do it
1: online as well yeah at least we skip the hassle as in teaching them how to switch on their laptop <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> that was like so five years ago right um if you were to talk about your biggest challenges in growing the easy Passer business what would those challenges actually be
1: I think uh, it actually I have a few angles to look at it The first one is probably the team mm-hmm. Because uh, our team average age is uh, pretty young mm-hmm. About average age of uh, 23 to 25 That's very young And uh, we have grown from uh, like 5 people to now close to 100 people now as a team Wow So I think communication is the key mm-hmm. As in uh, no matter where you go and how big you have grown up mm-hmm. And uh, when you have a big team Then uh, how are you going to communicate um, More efficiently, I can say. So what kind of tools are you going to use or to actually share the same message across the board? What kind of tools do you use? Uh, We we actually use um, a few things like uh, one of it is Slack Mm -hmm. and an email definitely is there, but uh, that's not the priority anymore because Mm -hmm. email is just to confirm what we have discussed and this is just as a record. Mm -hmm. Then WhatsApp and and, um, the second part is uh, challenges as in how can we face challenges? because yeah. uh, a lot of time sometimes uh, we have been around for three years so how can we keep the team keep uh, uh, on the par? as in challenges is still there mm-hmm. so even uh, we have uh, captured um, x amount of market share in malaysia but the rest of the country is still pretty new mm-hmm. so how can we use the talent that we have to help the rest of the country that we are in right um, so to channel this message down so that everyone work as a team Rather than I'm looking after Malaysia, you're looking after Singapore, that's yours, that's mine. Yes, correct. Yeah.
0: So does it work? I mean, are you happy with what you have achieved so far?
1: Um, So far we are pretty pretty well because uh, we have been uh, centralized, decentralized for our company structures. Mm -hmm. Like example, previously we have a vertical uh, specific managers to look after each country. Mm. So by doing that, we actually see issues coming out challenges as in uh, the voice coming down or going up is being filtered. Mm, so mm. then we decentralize the whole uh, whole structure where all the managers from the HQ, they will look after different division from every country. Mm, mm. So so far that's been working well. Mm-hmm. But uh, for, of course, as a startup, a lot of things will change moving forward, right to like, as I shared, when you have five customers, the way of doing things versus 500 customers right. is definitely different. Correct. Okay. What other challenges have you faced? Mm, I can say talent is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like example for countries that we are still not really familiar with. Mm-hmm. So Thailand is a big thing for, th- uh, for ch- uh, talent mm-hmm. to get the right talent. Mm-hmm. So a lot of time when, um, because when we first go into Thailand, the first key criteria we would like to hire the local talent is they can speak English. All right. So when they are able to speak English Doesn't mean that they Can do digital marketing well Example Right, right. So it's still a pro and cons But you still can find people with uh, Who can only speak Thai Who mm-hmm. can do a very good digital marketing So mm-hmm. it depends mm-hmm. on how we actually uh, Priority our hiring goals Right and, and, and so far are you happy with your hiring? Um, still, fine <laughs> still fine tuning Still fine tuning Still fine
0: tuning What advice would you give Uh you know, other startups that want to grow into these small markets.
1: Um, Okay. Um, Especially Malaysian
0: startup wanting to go to this new market. If if you were to give advice, what would the advice be?
1: I think can do a lot more. We call it test water. Mm -hmm. Like example, you don't have to go straight away and uh, go through the whole entire process to register a company uh, before knowing how much the market is actually accepting your your product. Mm -hmm. So you can actually send someone just Walk around or even just understand the market first mm-hmm. So that uh, you actually have a clear view If I'm doing this How well the uh, response from the local customers mm-hmm. Before you're actually going into setting up the whole process I see So gain some market understanding first Yes Did you personally do that yourself? We don't do that much So that's the reason why That's the why advice. you're facing extra yes. challenges Exactly Yeah
0: okay, What else would you advise?
1: Uh... Growth is definitely a, a very important thing because um, that is one key reason why a lot of our team members actually join a startup mm, because mm-hmm. they wanted to experience the growth. Right. So as a founder, we always need to keep that in mind. Numbers is very important, mm-hmm. not just about how many countries are you in. Right. Okay. Um, you have also raised quite a bit of funds earlier.
0: Uh, are you in fundraising mode again? Uh, fundraising mode is always on, it's never been switched off. <laughs> Very entrepreneurial, very startup, yeah?
1: <laughs> so, yeah, we are now, uh, we, we actually closed our Series A back in December 2012. Mm-hmm. And now we are going into our Series B. So that is probably, well, something will happen in the next six to 12 months' time. Oh, okay. That sounds good. So finally, what is your vision for Easy Where
0: do you see Easy What do you see it as in, you know, five years from now?
1: Um... The growth will definitely be Be significant Because um, everyone buys online now Mm -hmm. So um, The more people buying uh, What we need to do Is to make the process simplified Mm -hmm. As uh, people who sell online To make their life more easier Right And um, same goes to Big or small scale sellers Mm -hmm. So our end goal is still to help As much as possible As many as possible All these uh, small SMEs Mm -hmm. Especially those uh, Started off as a part-time seller and because we believe that there are many more out there.
0: It's interesting. I asked you about your vision and you're talking about helping your customers to do better. That's interesting. Is that an exit strategy?
1: Mm, Strategy-wise, uh, it will be... Because EasyParser started as a platform, as an online platform. Mm-hmm. So over the past few months, we actually venture, start venture into offline. Mm-hmm. Uh, we launched a product called Pigeon. Mm-hmm. So Pigeon is actually something similar where it allows you to pick up and drop off parcel at your nearby convenience stores and right. retail points. Right. So that is another area where we feel that is also very interesting mm-hmm. because uh, we started to merge and combine online and offline. Mm. So who are your pickup points now currently? Um, we are now working with uh, my new 99 mart and mm-hmm. another big convenience store coming in. You'll mm-hmm. probably see that pretty soon.
0: Oh, okay. Some good news coming soon. Great. So if you have one final piece of advice to entrepreneurs that want to scale and grow their business regionally, what would the advice be?
1: Hmm. One piece, only one. Let me think. There are too many.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What would that one
1: major one be? Um, Just be Mm localised. No matter where you actually go, Mm -hmm. go and experience how local people actually work, Mm -hmm. how local people actually run a business. Right. Because it's, even we are a tech company, it's not as simple as in switch on and off, then we are opening another new, new market.
0: Mm. So you must understand the local market. Yes. Before you actually set up in each of those countries. Exactly. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Clarence. It's been, it's been fun talking to you. Same uh, here. <laughs> I know Parcel is just going to go places. I know you guys are going to grow. Uh, we, are, we are very happy that you are a CGP alumni and you have done well. Uh, and we wish you all the best and we hope that you will achieve all your dreams of growing EZ into a large regional player. Uh, I am Dr Siva, you have just been with us on Proficio Startup to Scale Up program on EFM, a radio show by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We just had with us Clarence Leong from EZ talking about his growth strategies and his vision for EZ If you like the show, please share it with all your friends and keep listening because there's going to be more startups and scale-ups on this program. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Clarence. Thank you, Doc.